You are listening to the Legal Community Podcast, hosted by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano, powered by Guider. Guider provides self-service online legal documents supported by your local attorney. Fast, affordable, and in your own time. For more information and resources, please visit guider.legal and enjoy the show. Today, we have Trent Clark with us, the founder of Leadershipity. I love the itty part. And Trent, your background, I'd love you to, you know, give our audience, our legal community audience, you know, a little bit of background on you, but, you know, you are a high intensity coach. That's why I treat it. I think you started in the major leagues physically, right? And in, in sports. Now you're into the major leagues of entrepreneurship and being that coach for of entrepreneurs. So give a high level, you know, summary of what your life has been like. And then Guy and I will ask all kinds of relevant questions to see how, how this translates to what the legal community can benefit from. Very good. I am a serial entrepreneur, started 12 different companies. I have a significantly athletic background and I am a international speaker, speak all over, bring a lot of energy to a room, right? I am about coaching people to be their best. I want people to reach their maximum potential. And we're a coaching group in, in leadershipity that coaches off the itties, right? When we talk about that baseline of morality, authority, when we talk about integrity, humility, spirituality, stability, quality, we want all those. And then we want our teams to be cards, coachability, adaptability, responsibility, dependability. These itties that we just continually look for, ultimately culminating in productivity, for our teams. And so we coach up people to have great teams. And that's what we do. Most people know me because I spent 12 years in professional baseball. I coached for the Detroit Tigers, Cleveland Indians, Los Angeles Angels. I did not start in the majors, Dave. Nobody starts in the majors. Man, you got you to earn it, right? And, and that's the thing about probably what we teach is earned, not given. And so we all got to go out and earn it every day, this day for that day. And we believe in that for sure. And so for me, our coaching company, we talk about the itties. We're a group that didn't go get a weekend certification, right? We, we've actually done it. So I think that's probably our big lead in when, when people call us and they want to produce at that top level. They want people that have been there and have coached other people through that. And Trent, speaking about coaching at that top level, people who are listening to this can't see me see you when you're talking, waving your hands and there's this big ginormous ring on your finger. What is that ring? That is the 2002 World Championship with the Angels, the only World Championship they've had so far. And it was a, a great run, coached with a lot of great people, with Mike Sosha, D- Joe Madden, Bud Black, many fellow coaches that became managers in the major leagues. And a lot of people who work inside the organization do that again and again. So it was a great time to be around some great coaches. I've coached with Nick Saban, so some of the best in the world. How do you see your coaching? in the athletic world, translate into the entrepreneurial world? Well, you know, when you're running teams, it's the same thing, right? Like what, what we really want is we want teams of coachable champions because that we, we know now that makes champions. If anyone's watching right now, there's a, there's a great show on ESPN Plus called The Man in the Arena and he's highlighting really Tom Brady's career. But he's really talking about how they built the team with the New England Patriots. And he's like, Hey, if you just got one great player, you know, most of us can shut down one great player. But when you're surrounded with 
nine, 10, 15, 52 of them. Hey, how do you shut down that? Like everyone knows their role so well. And I love what Belichick said about a really good team. He goes, I know we'll have a good team when everybody knows their role and their job and they're doing it. I go into organizations, Dave, all the time where people, first of all, don't know their role. They don't know their responsibilities and rarely are they doing it, <laughs> right? So, so it's like, wait a minute, everyone has to make contribution for us to be a fabulous organization. And everyone has a role in contributing to greatness. If they don't want to commit to that, like, why would you want them on their team? Like, you don't want those people on your team. You want people that are, they're all in, right? And we spoke very briefly when we just kind of introduced each other before the podcast. And I'll see, you know, you asked me, because I'm from Manchester in the UK, which uh, football team I support or soccer team. And I said, Manchester City. Now, you know, going to your point, I went to a game recently where we played in the Champions League. So it's the sort of the, you know, the biggest kind of team football event other than the the World Cup, and we played PSG, so Paris Saint-Germain, so the top team in France currently. And, you know, they've got very wealthy owners and uh, a bit like Manchester City and have bought some absolutely fantastic players, and we beat them. And I think the reason we beat them, and it was evident on the pitch from what I saw, was that they had probably better individual players all around the park, not in every position, but all around the park. Yeah. However, we have very good players in every position who play as a team. And that was the difference. They play as a team going to your point. Yeah. And it's such a big challenge, right? Because every one of those guys on the pitch have been a superstar at every level, right? Until now, I have been the guy, right? And then I come into a team like Man City, which by the way, is a fabulous reversal because 10, 15 years ago, everything was about Man U, right? Like, and now all of a sudden, City has reversed fortunes on this. And if you talk about greatness, People lean to Man City, not Man U anymore, which is a, which is a very interesting thing. I'd, I'd love to understand the dichotomy of what changed there. But when you talk about these players, it takes a special mentality and a manager who's going to be able to direct this talent and say, hey, guy, I know you've been a two-goal scorer for every organization you've been on, and now we need you to play midfield and create opportunity and set things up and do things in a different way. And you're like... No one's ever asked me to do that before. <laughs> right? Like they've always asked me to be up front and be the man. And so, like, well, you have a new, you have a new role because these are your skills today. And that doesn't always mean you're going to be the setup man. It's going to be, hey, you're going to keep developing your talent. And it's that incremental value. And if we know anything about like the grit formula, right? Which is, is I, I believe it's skill times effort equals talent, right? And then that talent times effort equals achievement. So we can have that six skill player, but with a 10 talent, like every rep counts. So all of a sudden that skill comes up to a seven and then a couple more years and they get experience at that top level and they can play eight. And then they keep going like a Tom Brady. Then you're a nine and all of a sudden nine times 10 effort, 90, 90 times 10. I got a 900 on achievement. Like now we're talking about some of the greatest players that have ever played the game and it, it just changes things but the greatest don't start like year one it, you got to start somewhere just like in a company you want a great company you're not great the day you open but you can't be great till you start so get going 
And and your, your mindset has to be, you know, you you might be one of the most talented players in the world, but if you don't have the mindset that that gives you that drive to work really hard for the teams, then you'll never be a truly great player. And, you know, that kind of leads us on to, you know, one of the things I wanted to have a chat with you about really, which is mindset. And, you know, what kind of mindsets, you know, I, you know, obviously your background is baseball and I know just like soccer, MLB, you know, the baseball community rely heavily on technology and, and digitization and stats. And you kind of, you mentioned a bit of a formula a second ago that kind of measures where, where players are at. How do you get people to get the mindset to work with facts and figures in the digital world as well as the sort of the physical world that most of these players will start in? They won't be exposed mm. to those kind of stats unless they go on the PlayStation or something like that, you know, mm. you know, what kind of mindset do you think they need to move from the physical world into the sort of digital world and combine them and get the best out of both? Before you answer that trap, let me throw one more twist in it. Okay. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to work with a lawyer, <laughs> talk about mindset again, as they shift their mindset, what are some of the things that you tell your companies you're working with? And again, for our listeners today, how do they shift from like, Guy said that physical world to that real get it done world in the business or entrepreneurial sector. When I look at that, I think like the digital aspect are like tools, right? We, you know, we've always had, I mean, at least for a long time, we've had video analysis. And I always like to tell players, you know, hey, the video doesn't lie. And they're like, oh, you know, hey, coach, I was in position. I was ready to go. I was prepared. And I'm like, oh, let's go to the video and see <laughs> because the video doesn't lie. Like they're telling you guy they're in position when you look at it on the pitch and you're like going totally out of position. Like, let's go back. And how come you weren't 10 feet back? How, how come we weren't guarding the post? Like all these things that we're looking for and it's not happening. Right. So know that we're a selfish folk. Like what, what we're looking for is how we can maximize our contribution. It's about me. It's about my contribution. It's about my goals and how that works. And so I appreciate that. So how I use the digital world is here's my current reality and lawyers are very good at, Hey, here's the current reality. And this is the future reality. This is what we wanted at, you know, whether that's a, a settlement, whether that's a non-guilty verdict, whatever, whatever that is in a trial or whether it's, I want to reduce my tax exposure, all these things that I want from my attorney to help me get a future reality. Cause my current reality is not good, which is why I called my attorney in the first place. Right? So now, there's steps inside that to go from current reality to future reality. And this is where the digital tools come in because the digital tools are going to serve those steps to guide us on how we get to that future reality. And so we got to use those tools that we have. I mean, they're fabulous. There's all these things from apps to different things. And when I look at a company like Guider, you know, here I am as an entrepreneur trying to go it alone, trying to save some dollars. So, so you go to the to the forms, you know, legal Zoom kind of stuff. And and look, I don't have a law degree. I, I shouldn't be trying to practice this on my, I'm only going to muck it up. And, and the likely of my current reality actually hitting the future reality I want is limited because I'm missing all sorts of steps because I don't have somebody, which I kind of like the guider, who's going to guide me along this at a cost that I can manage and afford. And it's going to be good and win, win, win for all of us. And I think that's the critical point where how do we bring those tools and use them? And if it's and if it serves me and my goal, I'm ready to listen to those tools. I'm ready to listen to the mindset. I'm ready to understand the measurement. 
if it doesn't affect me, I think people turn it off. It's just noise. And how does it serve me? And they're not willing to dive in. You said some of my thoughts really cool. Cause I, I could tell you in working with lawyers over 20 years, the number one thing that was always difficult for them is their reality versus their perception. So what does that mean? I would sit down with an attorney and I'd say, all right, well, so again, I'm in the estate planning industry. So I would say, hey, they'd say, oh my God, Dave, I had a workshop. There was 28 people and it was awesome. And I said, okay, well, who were they? What did they need? Well, I don't know. Well, then why did you speak to them? I mean, you don't know anything about them. Didn't you get an evaluation at the end, right? Their perception is I'm awesome. I had 28 people come into a workshop and listen to me. But the reality is, the perception is that the reality is they don't know any of them. They don't know if any of them ever going to call them. And that's where I think, like you said, technology can help us in running our businesses to really distinguish between were you in position? Did you come off the ball as quickly as you're supposed to? Or did you get spoofed by the defender? Right. So the bottom line is it separates. I love that. And it separates our reality from our perception. And that's where I think tracking and tools are critically important when we're running our businesses, particularly in the legal. Yeah, I think one of the values of this is I love the quote, we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge others by their actions. So it's like, oh, wow, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm firing Trent because he didn't get the proposal in on time. Da, 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 da. Like, oh, I mean, I don't get in stuff on time, but I'm the CEO. So, but I intended to. Oh, did you think Trent didn't intend to? <laughs> like, but I only see his actions because I don't know his intentions. I know my intentions and they're all for good. You know, they're always for good, right? But when those actions and intentions are, are way apart, that's, that's an issue, right? We have this problem. And, and I like, you know, it, is perception a reality? People are judging the actions and they're, they're deeming that reality because it's the only thing they see. Because Dave, how do I determine what your intention was? I don't know what you think. I'm not a mind reader. You don't have the ability to read my mind. So while you may have had good intent, I don't see the actions I need from my team. So I don't know if I'm playing you on Saturday, right? You know, a popular phrase that Guy has been using in a lot of our conversations lately, I think it's relevant here, is mindset. You know, as, as you would think about the work you've done with entrepreneurs around the globe and working inside big companies and smaller, what do you see as the most challenging mindset shift for those people to make? Mm. Inside an organization? Yeah. I think the toughest mindset is two things probably really ring on mindset. One is as a leader, my mindset of how I make other leaders and, and coach people up is, is a huge role in my leadership. So uh, do I have a mindset to make everybody better? Because that's, at the end of the day, as a leader, you're modeling, you're doing all sorts of things. And, and here's where leadership comes in as a gap, right? Because who, who went to college for leadership or coaching? <laughs> uh, nobody, right? But now you're thrust in the role and saying, hey, be a great leader, be a great coach. And I'm like, well, I worked for Dave for a while. He was a great leader. So I do some of the things. And then I, I worked for Guy for a little bit. And he, he was a fabulous leader. So I model some of those things. I mean, I never saw him in the boardroom. I never saw him how they handled the C-suite. So I don't really know that. But I know how they handle customers because I was around that. And I know how they handled us. And so I I know 25 or 30%. So it's, it's just not enough. At, at the frontline level, I think the biggest mindset is, you know, it's back to kind of a little bit of a dress for the job that you want, right? The mindset has to be growth mindset. It can't be fixed. 
because the fixed mindset doesn't serve very well. Because if we're just like, oh, it has to be X, Y, and Z, A, B, C, you know, adaptability is the new, I mean, that is the new skill. If you don't have people with adaptability, it's a major challenge, right? And so that mindset of the employee is if you have a role, you will only be measured in your current role. So anyone who's who's got a position, if a lawyer takes on a service for somebody, they're every time they go out, it's a it's another tryout for whatever they've been hired to do. And they'll only be judged on how well they do inside that particular client task, whatever it is. And they're like going, you know, this kind of this mindset of the younger generation is like, you know, I would make a fabulous national vice president of Starbucks. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, so we're going to put you in the manager of your local store. And in your district, you're the 14th out of the 15th stores in your district. And you don't get to the national until you become the district manager, right? And so who's going to be named the district manager? The, the three people who are running the three best stores in the district are going to be considered for that role, right? And then if you want to be regional, the person who runs the best three districts in that region is going to be considered for the three. So even if I do get, I'm, I'm top three, I'm named a district manager, and then I'm ninth out of 10 in my district, I'm not being considered for regional. So the mindset has to be for anyone in a current role is you can't just do the minimum and do your role okay. You have to exceed all expectations to where people like Guy and Dave, these influencers of the world are going, oh my gosh. Look at Lisa. She's fabulous. She's an absolute world beater. She doesn't just take on her role, but she exceeds in every category of her role. Why wouldn't we raise her up for more responsibility at that next level? Oh, and, you know, Lisa. Of course I am. Like, look, look at her. She's a world beater. Come on. Fine. Watch her. Fine. I love that. Guy, any closing thoughts? Guy? Yeah, listen. Adaptability actually is, for me, the, the key mindset at the moment for two reasons. One is a good kind of mentor of, of Dave and ours, a, a guy called Peter Diamandis, who runs the sure. Abundance 360 group community, said, you know, constantly, constantly rams home that there'll be more technical change, more change to, you know, the way we do things in the next 10 years than there's been in the last 100. And I absolutely believe that, you know. You know, I do look at what's happening, what's coming around the corner, what's going to happen in the next 10 years. And, and, and the change is going to be incredible. It's all good. You know, it's positive stuff, right? And then you get things like that come up from nowhere and, and bite you in the backside, or I think you guys probably bite you in the ass, you uh, describe it as. Arse. Um, Arse. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it catches you out. So COVID, you know, the pandemic just caught yeah. everybody by surprise. And all of a sudden, Entrepreneurs have had to become, I think they probably are quite naturally adaptable anyway, yes. actually, but their teams have had to become incredibly adaptable yeah. and their thinking's had to change and they've had to, you know, just shift, particularly in some industries, which have been just devastated in the, the way that they traditionally worked. And just to survive, they've had to make major changes to the thinking and the way that they operate and move into new areas, which actually probably after the pandemic will put them in even better stead than they were before the pandemic. But adaptability and measuring uh, adaptability, I think is going to be key for, for companies moving forward, not just because of the pandemic, because there's tons of change to come yet. And, and Guy, I would say adaptability has 
changed expectations because even these people who were forced to now adapt now expect it going forward. You're absolutely right. Consumers have adapted, by the way. You know, the, yeah. the minute that they were not allowed out of the homes, you know, and we had quite a severe lockdown to begin with in the UK, and all of a sudden, grandparents are using FaceTime and Zoom and that kind of thing. And, and now you know, it's expected. You, yeah, it is. And, you know, people are doing everything digitally. So all of a sudden, retail's really struggling. Shops retail, you know, the physical retail, you know, people are now used to buying online and they're just going to continue to do that, you know, and, and it's easier, right? So, you know, that's where these digital platforms come in and, they are the future, and you know people expect that now. Brett, I'm going to give you the closing statements, but I would ask in your closing also because uh, we so appreciate you. If you want to just share how anyone listening would be able to get a hold of you, and again, we'll we'll put any links in our podcast as well. Sure. But but I'd love you to close this up with your final thoughts around this. Again, how people communicate. You can find me at Trent at Leadershipity, Trent M. Clark on all the social networks or Leadershipity on all the social networks. Uh, LinkedIn's probably our number one. We are on YouTube with a ton of content on the Leadershipity YouTube channel. So always join us there. For, for me, I think I love this adaptability, guys. You talk about it. And, and here's what pro athletes are absolutely, their superpower is adaptability. But, but let's talk about why that is real quick. As we close here, adaptability is only working if you have skill sets to adapt to. We're asking a lot of times are people to go, hey, I need you to adapt to this skill. And you're like, I don't have that skill. And so there's, so what happens when we don't have the skill is a lack of confidence in ourselves is a major problem. And so adaptability and lack of confidence is incongruent. We can't do it. So we need confidence. Confidence is built on prep and reps. If you are prepared and you have the repetition you feel at ease going into it. Just like when we were 15 years old learning to drive, we were freaking out like someone's going to cross the middle line. I don't have, I've been through the training. I've, I've driven 50 hours with my parents. I don't know. Not one of us today even thinks about getting in our vehicle and driving to the grocery store because we have full confidence because we're very well prepared and we've got the reps. Preps and reps matter. And so if we want adaptability, have we created the prep and rep in our environment that the skill sets that we're going to need to adapt to, we're strong in. If I ask, you know, if someone says, hey, I need you to adjust, Trent, this world changed, go on a farm and grow corn. I don't like our chances of surviving. We're not going to eat people. <laughs> like, you know, this isn't going to be good for us because I'm, I'm of no value. I'm playing from behind and you and I will we'll all go hard charge and we'll learn the skill as fast as we can. But initially, it's going to be pretty ugly if I'm in charge. Is that fair? It is. It really is. And that's, as we prep and rep, we then get to build our own skills that we then bring to the world. So I love that. Right. Well, it's been great having you here, Trent. Love your perspectives. Guy, it's always great being with you, my friend. And Lisa, I turn it back to you and um, <laughs> end in wrap. Great conversation. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. And for our listeners out there, remember, you can always go to guider.legal, check out the podcast section, chime in, listen in the great conversation. And of course, you can always read our insights as well. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Legal Community Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at guider.legal for more information and please review and share this show. We'll see you next time.